This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in LA and KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood in Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Hi. Hi. How are you? Doing great, Dr. Dean. Good to see you. Let me build up our guest a little bit. Today, Please do. You do. Mind. And kind of- I just, I just want to say how beautiful the music of our guest is. You have not stopped talking about I know. her music for last few hours, and rightfully so. Her music but is easy on the ears, and she's easy on the eyes. <laughs> Be careful, Dr. Dean. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, no, there. I've I've never heard you so talk about so about the music so much well, for, that from an artist that we've had on the show. I love yeah. it. I, I love to see you so excited. And, oh yeah. yeah, and you. I mean, you you are actually getting a sneak peek at this album, the new album. It is not released yet. It has not been released. It will not be released until April fifteenth. Oh wow! And. You don't have to wait. I mean, you're not going to hear the whole album, but no. you're going to hear a pretty good amount. We're going to sample all of the songs throughout this program from our special guest. I'm going to tell you who she is, but first, let me, like I said, let me build it up a little bit okay. here. She's deserved everything that she's earned here. And let's, uh, let's point some of those, those highlights out. Well, Dr. D, she's celebrating over a decade as one of contemporary jazz's top saxophonists. In fact, she likes to go by (laughs) saxophonista. Yes. Saxophonista. I love that. That that new term, and that's hers. I think that that belongs to her. She's loved for trademark blend of sensual, Latin-tinged, powerful horn playing. She's garnered 12 top singles and six chart-topping albums. She's a jazz studies graduate from USC, my alma mater. She paved her way for her success and her recordings with Michael Bublé. And she's toured with Jessica Simpson, The Temptations, and Michael Bolton. Wow. She is seen regularly performing on the hit television competition shows, American Idol, The Voice, and Dancing with the Stars. And in recent years, she has toured with Anita Baker. She's recorded with Robin Thicke, and she's contributed as a composer, performer for the albums of two members of Chance the Rapper's band, the Grammy-nominated Intellectual Album and the Juju Exchange is Exchange. Do you want me to say that again, Dr. D? (laughs) 
<laughs> that's okay i got it she's jesse J, saxophonista oh, she's yeah. here with us today that's great how do you top all that jesse J? well if you're jesse J, she's going to tell you you tap into your longtime love for the vibrant soul and the blues energies of the 60s and the 70s this album we're playing this hour it's released again april 15th it's called blue this is Jesse J's first studio album in six years. The long-awaited Blue is an album of original songs, totally stylistically different from what you come to expect from her previous recordings. Welcome to the show, Jesse J. Hi. Hi, Jeremiah. Hi, Dr. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to share my new music with you guys. Uh, we're so happy to have you yeah. and so happy to listen to your music. And we're so thankful that you shared it with us first. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were talking off air here before we got started. The only thing I think out there hotter with <laughs> your music is probably Anaheim right now. <laughs> Maybe your music's oh, hotter than man. Anaheim. No, no. Um, <laughs> What'd you say? It's a hundred degrees. Hundred degrees today. It's hot outside. You got to be inside with the AC on. Yeah, and with the curtains closed, it looks like from your from behind you. <laughs> Keep all that sunshine out of there. Um, yeah. Well, let's. I'm going to start with present day before we go back to the beginnings. This is the first time you've been on the show, and normally we really want to get to know you know your whole background. But I'm going to start with right now and this album and the and the last couple of years for you in creating this album. Let's go with maybe not a most comfortable topic, but right off the bat, but isolation. Mm. How did you feel in, during isolation during the lockdown? Uh, I was going crazy. I had a big touring schedule plan for 2020 and I was looking forward to hitting the road with the band. But all of a sudden in March, after I finished my concert in New York, things started shutting down. Literally, we were one of the last flights to get out of New York City and then the whole planet like closed. So I was just really uh, frustrated and I was really um, scared, too, because mm -hmm. I didn't happen who was going to get sick. And how do you get the virus? And there's all these unknowns. But I decided to um, pour all my energy into writing new music. So one of the first songs that I wrote is called Spinning. It's about kind of spinning your wheels, like you don't know what to do, where to go. And that song has like the frustration of being canceled and rescheduled for two years. Um, it's all in that one song. Well, it's interesting you say uh, you're frustrated and you were frustrated when everything got canceled. You had so much that you were planning for. And I know now that we look back and we're frustrated by all the different things that we went through, like from ma wearing masks, you know, that's a in huge inconvenience, right? Although maybe it protected a lot of us, uh, but we were frustrated with that. Uh, I, we were frustrated with that we couldn't go out to restaurants or couldn't do our, our normal life tour for you or, you know, uh, our normal business was, was um, put on hold. Um, seeing our family members and you know visiting with grandmas and grandpas and all this stuff all that led to frustration but you you said something i think was re really important you were scared in the beginning and if you if we look back on that time were we frustrated or were we scared you know what i mean i wonder what that feeling was if we look we look back on it now and it's frustration uh but 
because we know more now than we did then. But yeah, you're right. In that beginning, fa- you know, phases, you, we were we were scared. I remember things got canceled, but I also thought, um, you know, I don't want to go out there yet. I don't know what this is, and none of us do. Yeah, I was um, more concerned with getting people sick or spreading it somehow. And then my two little kids, I, I don't know. It was just a lot of unknowns. Who were you touring with at that time? Or was it, were you touring for yourself solo? Yeah, I was doing my own shows. I had a bunch of gigs scheduled. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's everything, all the venues were closed. There was just nowhere to perform. Mm-hmm. Le- everything was illegal. You can't go here. You can't play there. We couldn't even go to the beach in Southern California for some time. It was really strange. What did you miss most? Do you remember in those first few months, aside from the tour and the fans and the music? I miss seeing my family. I missed going to the library with my kids. We used to go every day. And I miss going just to the park, just regular places where there's a lot of people. I miss being with other people, I think. The library. I got, wow. I have a, <laughs> that's, I, hmm. like, I like that. That's an original answer. You missed the library. I haven't been to a library. But it, there is something cool about a library. I haven't oh, been yeah. to a library in years. But the smell of the books. And, oh, and, what, yeah. and your kids, you take your kids to the library and look through, find books and check out and take home. I'm, I'm so fascinated by that. <laughs> time. Well, they used to have story time every day from like 10 to 11. And I would take the boys to that. And they would kind of like structure the day play time and then you know get back to practicing and stuff like that but i just miss interacting with other people Mm -hmm. and what ways did that isolation lead to an inspired creativity which ultimately led to the birth of this new album blue blue is kind of be a sad title but it ended up being more just like Uh, contemplative I think because it started off as like I'm sad I'm frustrated I'm scared and then it evolved as I kept going it became like 1960s 1970s blues driven songs like we talked about spinning the next song I recorded is called Minnie's Bounce it's a homage to my German shepherd that passed away a few years ago Hmm. and a cute little bounce when she walked she had like (laughs) (laughs) I wrote a song and um, that one featured my friends from the East Coast. So that was another thing that was interesting about this album. Instead of recording it all in person, it was just sending files back and forth to whoever, wherever. And um, some of my friends internationally played on it, as well as a pianist from Brazil and a trumpet player from Paris, France. <laughs> it's almost like you're looking at my questions right now. You're getting <laughs> she's she's seeing into the future the questions I was going to ask you. Um, I, I think that's fascinating. I'll get to that now. Then, since we, you've you've touched on it, one of the things that fascinates me most, as I was thinking and preparing for this interview today, about music in general is right. We always talk about how universal music is and how everyone gets music. I mean, it's something that you get no matter where you live. Um, in the world and what background you have and upbringing and religion. None of that matters. Music is universal and we all get it and we connect that way. And I started thinking as I was looking through your uh, all the different play, players on the album um, and how you guys put the music together and then you know reflecting on, on past interviews of musicians, you found a way to create music 
from Paris, as you mentioned, from Connecticut, I believe, from Anaheim, from from where? I mean, you tell me uh, you had players all over the world connecting and, and sending files to create this album. And so many other musicians had to find a way to do that as well, which told says to me, music really is universal in more ways than one uh, and can be shared and created. It doesn't all have to be, you don't all have to be in the same room. So tell me a little bit about some of those locations and the people that played and, and how those locations affected the album Blue. Oh, possibly great question well one of the songs is very international it's called dance beat because it has brazilian elements as well as early disco r&b elements so i contacted my friend tiago pinheiro that lives near sao paulo brazil and i told him i'm writing a song about the end of the pandemic even though it hadn't officially ended like this is going to be the party song where everyone's up dancing they're back together with their friends and family and um can you help me with this basic concept so we started talking back and forth. And since he does live internationally, we were using WhatsApp. It's just, <laughs> yeah. back and, forth, and we were sending each other videos and MP3 snippets. And finally we got to the final version of dance beat. And I'm really happy with the way it turned out because it does have like the Brazilian vibe. It has the vibe from LA because LA is also a very worldly city. So there's a ton of cultures, melting pot. And then uh, my friend Gary Granger from Baltimore played the bass. It was a very last minute decision. I kept thinking like, I'm hearing a disco bass. We have to have the disco bass because I'd gone through four different mixes of the song and I'm like, it's missing something. And usually if you're in the studio live, you can just say, oh, hey, can you throw a bass line on this? But since it was all put together in a different way, we're like, okay, we're just going to add the bass the day before the final mix. And it turned out just awesome. Mm. So there were some parts of it recording internationally that I think turned out better than being in person. What were some of the other towns and, and places that the musicians were in that, that created on this album and collaborated with you? Well, one of my longtime collaborators is Jeff Lorber. He lives in the Pacific Palisades near Malibu here in um, L.A., and he co-wrote the song Dig It With Me and also the song Malt Shop. And once we finished recording Malt Shop, we kept talking back and forth, like it's missing something, same thing. He's like, how about a trumpet? And I was like, oh yeah, my friend Ludovic Lewis plays a trumpet. He lives in Paris. I'm sure he'll have time to do it this week. So again, I just messaged him online and said, hey, can you throw some trumpet on here? We talked about the style. It's gonna be like Nat Adderley and Cannibal Adderley with the trumpet playing an octave above the saxophone. So, and then I said, just do a bunch of solos. We'll pick it out in the edits, which parts we want to use. And he recorded it all from there and sent the files directly to Jeff Lorber. We mix it in and it's like, voila, you have another international track. So, so does, do you think that you found, I love, this is the human condition, right? We, we have, Something bad happened to us and we find a way through it. And the musicians, I think nobody showed this more over the pandemic or proved this theory more than uh, musicians, I think, in my opinion. they You really found a way through collaborating and creating music. Do you think that in some ways the, the pandemic and lockdown help you discover new ways to make music that you will use and can and use in the future to to make 
your life not only easier, but to collaborate and not be stuck with boundaries and uh, by, by, by territory, by region. Definitely. Yeah. And especially having my home studio set up now permanently, I can go to town whenever I get inspiration. I can just record from home before I would like to go to the big studio and record with a band, drums, bass, mm -hmm. guitar, session, cut everything live, which has a different vibe to it as well. But this way of having control over like, OK, I'm going to record every day this week. It moves things along much faster than having to rent an actual space. So I love that creativity part of it. And then, like you said, there's no borders. So I'm open to recording with people worldwide, especially instrumental music. I mean, there's no lyrics so you can understand it in any language. What did you discover about yourself as an artist? Because of. COVID and the lockdown, one of the things that really, something new that you hadn't discovered about yourself that you were capable of. Well, it's something that you touched on about being resilient and being able to overcome things. So even if it looks like, oh gosh, this is never going to end, there will be an ending and it will become better than it was before. So all of that, pushing through that, and then also channeling all of my energy into the music was like a lifesaver for me because it was just like, I didn't know what to do. It was very therapeutic for me to record all of these songs. In addition to this album, I recorded a Christmas album as well. So I recorded like 20 songs um, during the pandemic. Very, uh, very, what a, what a creative time period in your in your life wow that's a lot of music <laughs> okay we taught you, you touched on this a little bit the first track you wrote for the album sort of inspired the album spinning right how exact could you go into a little bit more how that song was inspired and how it inspired the overall uh, feel and and i guess catalog for the the new album blue yeah well spinning has a, a lively beat to it so it's not a slow song and it is about spinning your wheels. So the chord changes are very like um, chromatic. Bum, 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 bum. It's just going through that cycle in the choruses. And when you feel that, you're like, okay, something's going on. We're spinning, we're spinning the wheels. And then when you hear the tenor saxophone, it's more aggressive than I would normally play. So I'm getting out the frustration in that. And then um, when I had the keyboardist play, it said, can you place like Ray Charles, 19th sounds so we put the whirly on there and it has like that organic 1960s not too overly produced vibe so that was the starting point and from there it went to minis bounce which is like a cute little i don't know i would call it like late 60s blues it's a straight blues 12 bar blues with a re-intro so it's very traditional sounding and i played that on my alto saxophone which is also a 1950s vintage horn so it has that captured the elements of the 60s and, and late 50s as well. And then from there, I went on to record um, the other songs like Dig It and Malt Shop with Jeff Lorber. And by then, I already had the concept down. So I'm like, OK, Jeff, this is going to be a 1960s blues album. Let's come up with something cool. Yes. <laughs> OK. <laughs> started to check out the crusaders and the night 60s recordings so we came across a, a really nice groove and we're like this is it this is going to be a groove like dig it and we started working on it but believe it or not dig it was first called houston texas 
Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> so tell me, well, now I need to know. Well, actually, save this for the end because we're going to premiere Dig It at the very end, in its entirety, at the end of the show, uh, the new new track that, uh, that you're dropping here on the Jeremiah Show. I want to hear the, why it was first called Houston, Texas versus Dig It, but save that for the end here. We're going to go to break right now with Blue. Would you like to... Uh, Jesse, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the song um, and then maybe mention, you know, notables that, that play on it that you'd like to to call attention to and give credit to. Sure. Blue is like a James Brown type of song. It starts out with the drums. That's Trevor Somerville from Connecticut. So this is a Connecticut crew. <laughs> Jay on the keys, um, Dave Lebowski on the drums, and Andy Abel on the guitar. I'm playing tenor saxophone and the horn section. So Barry sax, alto sax, and there's a bridge part that has just flutes on it. So I'm actually playing like five different instruments on this one track, but it's a really funky jam and it's called Blue, the title track for my new album. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay, we'll be right back with more from saxophonista Jesse J. The new album is Blue. Released by Chongi Records, LLC. Released April 15th, 2022. Coming up, you get to hear it here first. Blue. In conjunction with the release of Blue, Jessie embarks on a U.S. tour throughout the spring and the summer. She will also be releasing California Christmas Volume 2 for the 2022 holiday season. She's Jessie J. And the new album is Blue. Find Jesse J here, jessej.com. You can find her on facebook.com backslash Jesse J Sachs. Twitter.com, Jesse J Sachs. Instagram, Jesse J Sachs. Find her on all the social networks at Jesse J Sachs and on YouTube at Jesse J S. We'll be right back. Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant's shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. 
Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. The new album is Blue. It's by Jesse J. She's a saxophonista, Dr. D. Saxophonista. I, I just love that. That I is so. Too. That sounds so neat. <laughs> and by the way, I'm looking forward to, uh, because blue is a primary color, I'm looking for the next album uh, that might be yellow. <laughs> and then I'm trying to think of the third primary color. I think, I think it's red. Blue, yellow, and red. But I don't think those are coming at all. I think uh, she's going to go into different... That kind of it seems like a neat collection, though, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. By an artist, it would be a kind These of are her primary albums, <laughs> Blue, Yellow, and Red. Primaries. <laughs> we just came back in with Malt Shop. Tell us a little about... That's a fun song. What, tell us about the inspiration for that. I know you briefly mentioned it at the top, but I'm going to make you go back to it, if you don't mind, if someone's just tuning in. Yeah, Malt Shop is a 1960s-style blues i co-wrote it with my friend jeff lorber and um it, my friend ludovic lewis from paris france i'll give you a little background with ludo yes, we first, um playing together on dancing with the stars because i've been in the horn section for that band for six years now and ludo has wow. as well and he um lives internationally here in the u.s and he also lives in paris france so depending on the month he travels back and forth and we just are like great friends. We sit next to each other. We goof off the whole time. We tell jokes. Everyone has lunch together. It's like a family because we're together all day when we're recording in the studio. So he became like a brother to me. And um, when Jeff Lorber suggested we get a trumpet player, I'm like, we have to get Ludo. He sounds amazing. He's a solo artist as well. And he's also an actor. So he was on the Netflix series, The Eddie. And he was also... Um, and some other like Amazon things internationally in Paris. So he studies acting as well as music. And um, he added a lot to this track. It just gives it that flair. It mm. gives it a bit of like a Herb Albert vibe from the 60s. Yeah. And um, it's fun listening to him play. So it brings a smile to my face. And um, I loved having him as, as a part of this album, Blue. Love it. Uh, it's interesting that you, the television competition shows that you work on that you're in you're in the band i guess for all of these american idol the voice you just mentioned dancing with the stars for six years it, now is that you know those are long days those are but they're probably what six weeks at a time or so the filming schedules so do you do these back to back to back and that takes care of you know the the overhead and then you're able to create the rest of the year and go on tour or how does that work for you and, and your whole I mean, all the things that you're doing and, and finding ways to work, I think it's pretty fascinating. Thanks. Well, yeah, I'm in the house band for Dancing with the Stars. So that's been my steady gig for six years. For American Idol, I do more of like, okay, we need a horn section. Mm. Same with the voice. Okay, we need a horn section. Because they don't have horns every week, but Dancing with the Stars does. And it's a 12-week um, series. So it's like from September all the way through the end of Thanksgiving that I do the season for dancing. And it is like great to have in-town work so I can just drive back and forth to my job. There are long days, sometimes 10 hour days, sometimes more. Mm -hmm. It just how many edits we have to do and how many takes there are and how many songs we're recording that week. Um, the other shows are more just like, okay, come in, we're gonna record the horns because it's not like on every song. So for American Idol, we'll just go maybe two days before the taping, record the horns, 
rehearse with the band and then go for the filming. So it's a lot less intensive work than dancing. But yeah, it's great being a studio musician because you get to play lots of different styles of music. So for instance, there'll be Disney week. There's um, last year we had Greece week. So all the music of Greece, which was my favorite week, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like Christmas songs right before Thanksgiving. And it's a blast being with the same people in the same band for that many years because we're all growing and evolving as musicians. And it's a nice way to bounce ideas off each other as well. So socially for me, it kind of saved me during the pandemic because we were still working during COVID. We just had to do a COVID test every day before work and then have a plexiglass station where we played. But um, yeah, it, I'm really fortunate to do studio work. I love it. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the- that's probably nice for the family as well. For you said, you know, being close in town where you, you've got your children. How old are your children? I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the three-year-old probably is really starting to appreciate what you do. And the one-year-old <laughs> soon. <laughs> they both love music. They sit at the piano and they can play for like 30 minutes nonstop. Oh, that's so awesome. Take a break and listen to them jam. But it's nice being a mom. It also brings out a different element in my playing as well. I feel a lot more mature starting from like 14 years ago when my first album came out. I was thinking about it like I really didn't know what I was doing back then. But now I do. So it's just a it's a whirlwind, you know, looking back on everything. And um, yeah, one of the songs I wrote for my son, the very last song on my CD is called Song for David. I love that was actually my favorite. If I if I could say I have a favorite there, that w- I really love that song. I was gonna bring up both that and and your dog. I thought was Minnie's bounce. I think is really a neat uh, idea, you know, for me, musically to 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 create a song that mimics, if you can, the bounce of your dog as you went on walks. I mean, and then, so let's take both of those individually. Let's, we've talked about Minnie's, um, Minnie's Bounce, and it's, it was written for your beloved German Shepherd, Minnie, um, whose rhythms were inspired, the, the rhythms of the song were inspired by the way that Minnie walked. Uh, and that's, how do you take a dog's walk that is obviously giving you pleasure and joy as you watch that, your dog is happy. How do you translate that as an artist into the song, if you can say? Yeah, well, it? Minnie was a character. She was the smartest dog I've ever met. She could open the door with her nose, any door. And if I took her to the dog park, she would lift the gate and come out and find me wherever I was. So I don't know. It was crazy. She was just like the most intelligent and very loyal to everyone in the family, not just me, to my parents, whoever. If you didn't know her, then she would bark at you because she's like, who are you and why are you getting close to my people? So she was my very first dog I ever had. So Minnie's Bounce. Um, When she walked, it was like, hey, Minnie, it's Minnie's Bounce. Hey, Minnie, it's Minnie's Bounce. (laughs) So that's the melody of the song. Uh But um, the bass line is, because she's like getting started to go but anyways i don't know i just thought of it when i was and i wanted to pay homage to her after she died Um, i'm laughing and i think it's i'm laughing but the the mic goes out when i laugh so i'm trying to laugh (laughs) to myself but I, i think it's a great great story uh 
Let's go back if, to the inspiration of the new album, Blue. And I don't want to dwell on this, although I feel like I am a little bit here, but the, the, I think it's an important um, and interesting topic to discuss how you, as an artist, were challenged by lockdown. Um, you're not able to perform. You're, everything nat- that comes naturally to you before everything that you did was now, um, if not totally taken away momentarily, it was um, hampered or pinned in, and and you had to get your fight your way out of it to do what you love to do out of this box you've been put in. You're frustrated. You mentioned that you're frustrated, but that's what led to this album, Blue. Um, that frustration, out of that frustration came creativity and. And and you've produced something beautiful. Can you tell me? Can you track the stages um, of your frustration, and then how it, you how it turned into progress, and then into ultimately a beautiful piece of art? Oh, thank you. Well, I think it all culminates with the song for David. That was the last song that I wrote for the album after the pandemic. And it was kind of the story of my son and his last three years of life. So being born, being two during the pandemic, cause he was just a baby still not being able to see his friends and his, you know, toddler life. And then being three years old now getting to go to preschool, getting to experience life again, going to the parks and back at the library. And, um, and also like how he grew during that time. So there was a lot of tantrums, like frustrated him himself, not understanding why he can't do the things that he wanted to do. Why does he have to wear a mask? He doesn't like to wear a mask. Um, but it ends up to be a beautiful story because there, there is sadness at the beginning of the song. And there's kind of a curiosity of like, why are these things happening? And then you get to the middle section, which is the swing section. And I kind of um, modeled this after the Charlie Brown song you know, Lucy and Linus, because it has a swing element and then mm-hmm. it goes back regular straight eighth. So in the swing section, he's kind of like working through all of the problems, like, okay, it's going to get better. Things are going to be okay. It's going to go back to normal. And then at the end, things do are normal, but it's slightly different than how you remembered it. So although the change is sometimes hard and challenged situations we find ourselves in are sometimes very difficult. How important do you think these experiences overall help you as a person and help you as an artist? Well, I think I can um, overcome anything now because there was a lot of anxiety for me as well, like traveling after the pandemic. I don't know, I was freaked out to get back on an airplane, just not being on one for so long. Things like that, weird things started happening to me where I would just jump on a plane normally and not care. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to wash the seat candle. I have to wash this, I have to wash that. And that went away, but it was there at the beginning. And I had anxiety about other things too that I didn't normally. So I don't know, these weird things popped up out of nowhere. But um, yeah, I feel a lot more resilient now and I can work through my problems more just talking about it and also playing about it. Interesting. Uh, do you feel like you're always looking through, looking at life through the lens of an artist? Um, and what I mean by that is, do you take a bad day and turn it into art? I mean, do you look at things like, oh, this, this is frustrated me or it's a challenge or I'm having a really bad day for some reason. I, and do you, 
work it out and turn it into a song? I mean, not always, I imagine, but but do you look at problems like that as an artist? Do you find I, yourself turning bad into good? I do a lot. And actually, like in nature, I'm inspired a lot for songs like Caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Like, what's that process like? It's a beautiful death and then a rebirth. So little things like that are just, I'm curious about it and it does inspire different musical ideas. I love it. Well, we're going to take you to break again with uh, Summer Swinging. This is from the new album by Jesse J uh, titled Blue. And you want to tell us anything about Summer Swinging before we go to break, Jesse? Yeah. Be sure to check out the strings on this song because we spent a lot of times getting the mix just right. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will pay attention as I listen right now. Jesse J, saxophonista. The new album is Blue. Uh, and it is released April 15th in conjunction with the release of Blue. Jesse embarks on a U.S. tour throughout the spring and the summer. She will also be releasing California Christmas Volume 2 for the 2022 holiday season. You can find her on jessej.com for all the latest tour information and album releases and just to track the good things she's doing. Go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of those handles are jessejsacks. And watch her videos on YouTube, jessejs. We'll be right back. Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio. The Jeremiah Show airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio dot rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we, we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnamedtom.com to hear more of our music, buy merchandise, and learn about our story. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. And we're back with The Jeremiah Show.
Yay, saxophonista, she's on the show right now. If you're just joining us, the new album is Blue. And it will be released on April 15th. And there's a tour following it we're going to talk about in just a moment. We came back with Spinning, we've ta- the song we've talked about that inspired the album, inspired all through a pandemic. No more pandemic questions, though, I promise. Let's move on to... Uh, a little bit of background on Jessie J. So you, she was born in uh, Oregon. Where were you born in Oregon? In Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Okay. Um, but you were raised down here in Southern California. Got a Hispanic heritage. Um, I, I love you. You're, you're a graduate of USC. So I went to film school at USC and the music department, as you know, is right, right next to the film department. And everyone was out front playing sax or their guitar or, you know, at the, they're all day long, you know, there's music right there. And I just love, that was my favorite part about that school. You guys are right there playing music. Everyone practices outside. Yeah. And don't <laughs> uh, so let me ask a question. When you were starting out, and you've been doing this for 14 years, that's a long time, over 14 years, writing songs, making music. What were your goals then as an artist when you were starting out, and what are your goals now, and how have you grown? How have they changed? Uh, my goal starting out was just to be able to touch the world with my music, which I believe has happened because I've done national work yeah japan malaysia i've been to jakarta indonesia um london spain portugal i've basically traveled everywhere africa and performed my music so my thing is like music is international it's a language of love and i just wanted to go and make people happy so that has been happening so i'm really thankful for that and then my other goal as an artist is to be just well-rounded so to do studio work, like you went to USC. When I first went to USC, I wanted to be a studio musician. I wanted to do all the film scores. I wanted to be like the number one saxophone player in LA where everyone would call me for all the movies. And once I graduated, I'm like, this is a really niche like area. And the people that have been doing like all the movies will continue to do all the movies for a very long time. So I had to go to my plan B, which is like, okay, I'm gonna do live shows. I'm gonna be a live performer until I can get into the studio scene. So that's when I really started touring as an artist. That wasn't my original plan. I really just wanted to stay in LA and record all of the TV shows, commercials and stuff. Um, but I just went with the flow. And then I, I joined an off-Broadway show called Blast. And there I got training in acting and dancing. And I really got into like the show business part of it. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a solo artist. I'm going to write my own music. I'm going to tour with my own band and record my own CDs. So that became my, my goal. And then in 2008, I released my solo project, Tequila Moon, which was um, my very first album on Concord Records. And they have a great distribution service. So um, it went everywhere worldwide and then i continued to just do the same thing solo artist solo artist at the same time around 2010 i started doing a lot of studio work so i was getting called to do like american idol and then later on like mtv video music awards the grammys i started doing a bunch of studio work in la and i'm like this is great i love doing both things i don't have to just pick one or the other so i just um, picked them up both and started doing them and then i relocated to anaheim about six years ago because I got married and this was like the best location for both of us. And at the same time, I'm like, I'm still touring 
performing and recording. I feel like uh, what I wanted to achieve has happened. And I've been able to adapt to the world of music, which is constantly changing from whatever vinyl to MP3, MP3 to streaming, streaming, who knows what's next. But I'm just kind of going with the flow because it's too hard to predict what's going to happen next. But my goal is just to create beautiful music. And that's actually the name of my publishing company. It's called La Pretty Music. So I just want to, um, you know, inspire other young women too to pursue their dreams of it's being a musician, composer, a writer, because there is a lot of um, male dominance in my genre and jazz. It's, there's not very many women that do what I do. So hopefully I can um, right. a way inspire young girls to do what they love. Mm, love it. Jesse J, we'll be right back with our last, uh, we're going to talk about the tour in our last segment. The new album is blue. We're almost at the uh, point where we're going to play the new single for you in its entirety. It's called Dig It, and we still need to get that Houston, Texas story if there's a story there. Uh, when we come back from the break, Jesse J, saxophonista, the new album Blue, released on April 15th, and there will be a U.S. tour throughout spring and summer. And stay, you know, in the in the winter here, a great Christmas album, Volume Two for the 2022 holiday season. You can find Jesse J on all her socials and at jessej.com. Her socials: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Jesse J Sachs, and on YouTube, Jesse J S. We'll be right back. Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi there, everybody. This is Ann H. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Drejo. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, your loved home. you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, this is Jeff Stunk Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show.
Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. Jesse J., great hour with you. Uh, th- the album is amazing. You've, uh, If you've listened and stuck with us through the whole interview here, the whole hour, we've listened to a lot on the album, a lot of the different songs. Um, you've got a tour coming up. Tell us about the tour. And 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 after the, you tell us that, what can a fan expect? What do you want them to take away after they've spent an evening with you? Well, my new tour is a lot of jazz festivals. So this weekend I'm heading to the Berks Jazz Fest. Then I'm going to the Seabreeze Jazz Festival in Panama Beach, um, Florida. Then I'm going to be at the Perfect Note doing a CD release concert and also a CD release concert here in Orange County. And then next month I'm going to be in Atlanta, Georgia doing a CD release party there. So most of my tour right now is scheduled around blue, just getting awareness out there of the music, getting people to get streaming, get involved with the project. And um, yeah, what I want people to take away from my concerts are just like having a good feeling like, Hey, everything's back to normal. We're going to go back to enjoying music, enjoying each other's company and having a fun time. Mm, Love it. All right. Tell us real quick. We got to go. Dig It is the name of the song. We're going to play the new single. We're playing that its entirety right now. Is there a story you wanted to tell about the uh, the original name, or is that just something I wanted to know? <laughs> the Crusaders are originally from Houston, Texas. So when I was working on this song with Jeff Lorber, we had the working title of Houston, Texas. And I was like, you know what? That's not very 1960s sounding. We got to go with like a phrase to say like groovy, dig it. They had all these sayings. And so uh, we went through a list of it and we're like, dig it. It's perfect for this song. It became the title. All right. I'll let you set it up. Dig it here. Uh, and we'll let you have the final words. Jesse J, saxophonista. Check her out on tour and, and get the new album, April 15th, Blue. Any final words, Jesse? Thanks so much for having me, you guys. It's been a pleasure talking to you and um, hope to see you on the road this year. Yes, you will. Hopefully we'll see you uh, at one of the spots that you're touring. Here it is. Dig it.
Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify, The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a put my guns in the ground I can't shoot them anymore That cold black cloud is coming down This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you.